And in time, you may feel ready. You may feel I can risk sharing where I am with other people. Because that may be a way of you being the change you want to see in the world. Taking that risk to not, to risk getting things wrong, to risk maybe not saying things in the right way. But to do your best in just extending yourself. That may be it. But maybe for now, all you want to do is just say, I'm choosing to notice. I'm choosing to notice, to give myself the opportunity to, to just notice my habits here. Notice, notice my patterns, because that in itself is, is being a change, is allowing for something else to, to space, to, 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 to develop, you know? If we just do the habitual thing, then, then we're not even going to realise that we're in a habit or a compulsive way of doing things. Just notice and interrupt that pattern. That was the voice of Naruma Ankti, who you'll hear more from in this episode. Welcome to Movement and Creativity Podcast, an intersection of the Feldenkrais Method, organic intelligence, authentic movement, and creative process. I'm Tiffany Sankery, and I feel very moved and heartwarmed and deeply inspired to share these words, thoughts, feelings, courage, vision, compassion, generosity of Naruma Ankti with you. Hi, my name is Naruma Ankti. I'm a student teacher of awareness through movement in my fourth and final year of Feldenkrais practitioner training in Sussex, UK. And this is a, a podcast that I first published in the Feldenkrais Guild Public Facing Newsletter in the summer of this year. So really invite you to dive into this podcast and really notice how you are receiving, how you're being with the information and how it resonates with you, what you're sensing in yourself as you listen. Today I'm going to be sharing with you my thoughts on Black Lives Matter and uh, my particular focus is based around um, a Gandhi quote which means a lot to me, something that I have hold very dear to me and it's something that I've, it's a quote that I've really tried to do my best to live by. 
So it's one that I'm sure you're aware of. It's called, it says, goes like this. It says, be the change you want to see in the world by Mahatma Gandhi. I feel very inspired by Gandhi, by the fact that he lived what he put out there. And and so I'm going to weave in themes of how Feldenkrais can assist you in being the change you want to see in the world. That's the focus of my discussion with you today and sharing my ideas with you. So like many people who are new to Feldenkrais, I hadn't heard of it before until I was introduced to it by a friend who herself had stumbled upon it. She thought she was going to a yoga class and it turned out to be Feldenkrais. And I was remember, I can remember it to this day vividly, um, my friend describing to me what um, what it was that she did. And she was, you know, she kept saying, oh, it was so weird, but it was great. And she told me that in this class, she'd, um, the focus was on doing some work with um, the tongue and I think also she remembered that she mentioned something about the eyes as well. So um, I used to attend um, workshops by this teacher, Karine Egolt. And uh, so I know that they used to be about half a day. And very often there would be maybe one or two focuses. So it could have been a lesson that connected both the, the tongue and the eyes. But in this particular bit that she was telling me about she was talking about this lesson when she said we did some weird things where you put your tongue over your teeth and then you ended up spelling your name um, using your tongue on the inside of your cheek and so I did it and uh, I felt the impact of the of this of the, the my tongue spelling my name in my cheek. I felt it in so many places inside me. And I just thought, wow, yeah, this is for me. I was completely hooked. And so I, there and then I, I asked her about classes and and I was really, you know, curious because I wanted to, to experience the teacher that, that she had. So she said that uh, she wanted to do more. And so we went together um, to classes and it was, you know, it's local to me also, so that worked out really well. And um, it was the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life because I was completely intrigued. I found it curious. I found every lesson was I discovered something more about myself. And in in training, we... I've learned to not differentiate between my mind and my body. It's like self. So my mind is a part of myself, as is my ribs. So, yeah, that was, that was another thing that took me a while to get my head around. But I, I really like it. It does something quite special for me, this whole idea that we're not separate entities, but actually we're all one working together. So anyway, I, I loved it from that 
first discussion with my friend to do in classes, I just felt this sense of discovery. I kept discovering ways that I moved, um, different parts of myself. It could be that in a lesson, I discover that, you know, as much as my teacher would be saying, do little, go slow. I'd find that I really struggled to do little and to go slow and and that there may be I'd feel some real frustration with myself and in that I didn't feel able to. And then it would pass because teacher would be saying, you know, do this other movement and that moment of frustration would would, you know, just pass as I put my attention on something else. And I found that equally fascinating, that there was a way of me not only learning to move and discover new things about myself, but also that I had a different way of relating to emotions and things that challenged me, a movement that I thought was impossible. Um, I would just do a little step towards it and another little step and suddenly I, I would discover that I was there where I where I thought I, I couldn't arrive and oh, it just kept me motivated and inspired and it made me happy. I found it curious in a way that it would also make me laugh and uh, also meant that I felt better you know I, I felt better on, on many levels I was uh, caring for my late elderly mother alongside working and trying to carve out a life for myself as well and and it was it was a deeply challenging time so doing doing lessons made me feel more grounded and I felt more present and vibrant than I'd ever felt you know, during a, a class where my attention would be on these new and interesting things, always surprising in some way. And after class, I would come away just feeling better, grounded. My mind would have been rested. My I'd feel like my whole nervous system just quieten as I'm putting my attention on the teacher's voice and following these instructions and and discovering always not knowing exactly where it's going but just discovering something new about myself as I'm doing um, the lesson so as you can tell I'm pretty passionate about Feldenkrais so what is it this got to do with equality in Black Lives Matter so in my view, the Feldenkrais method offers a means by which we can learn to become more like ourselves. So what does this mean? So I'm going to share an experience of mine that, that will hopefully shed a bit more light on, on what I mean by becoming more like ourselves. Moshe Feldenkrais, the originator of, of the method, talks about becoming our potent self. I think I'm, I'm using the term becoming more like ourselves because it it goes back to a story that I'm going to share with you of, of when a friend of mine 
said to me um, about 12 years ago, now this is a friend I've known for nearly 30 years, so most of my adult life. And uh, she said to me about 12 years ago, she said that um, I'd become more like myself. And she said, yeah, she looked at me, she said, you, you really have become more like yourself than you've ever been. And she didn't have to explain what she meant because I intuitively knew what she meant. Had to do with how I looked, how I moved, and how I was inhabiting and expressing myself. So fast forward another five years, and I started to, this is when I'd had this other wonderful encounter with this other friend who'd introduced me to the Feldenkrais method, and I was now doing regular Feldenkrais classes weekly, and then I'd also supplement these by going to a workshop, an extended workshop, which would be about half day, generally once a month or once every other month. And um, another friend who I've known for about as long, she then she made a significant investment to go on a Feldenkrais retreat in Tuscany, which was beautiful. Um, and it wasn't about the holiday. She was really curious about Feldenkrais. And she had never done a, a lesson. but um, And she, she still remarks on this to, to this day. And I, um, I teach her Feldenkrais lessons. And she's continued to go um, to do Feldenkrais as well. Um, because she said that she, she, she made that investment and decided to go on that retreat because she saw something in me. She saw something that was tangibly different about how I inhabited myself and how I moved. And she, she pinpoints the time we were actually in Hampstead Heath walking. And she just, it was, just became really clear. Now, we, we don't live in the same city, so we don't see each other that frequently. But it became so clear to her that something had changed. Something had shifted in me. And, and it was that. And she said, oh, yes, I want a bit of that. And so she came along to the, to the retreat and hasn't looked back. And she remarked to me just the other day that um, she's found so much more range of mobility um, since doing Feldenkrais and it's made such a significant difference to how she's able to experience herself in the world and yeah she's uh, continues to to want to explore more. So I know that doing regular Feldenkrais lessons took those beginning seeds of me being more like myself that my other friend had commented on and made it possible for this to be more consistent in my life. So again, I'm, I'm going to come back to that again. What does this have to do with Black Lives Matter? Well, it's for me, underpinning a Feldenkrais lesson is the concept of equality. 
Because a Feldenkrais lesson is a place where everyone can have an experience of, of equality. As the core, as a core concept of the Feldenkrais method is that no two people are the same. You know, we're not the same as, as, as other mammals who come out being able to walk. Or knowing, you know, being able within seconds to, to maybe find, you know, the place in their mother to, to, to the teat so they can get food. It, we have to find that. It takes us a little bit more time. You know, we have to each in our own time and in our own unique way, find these ways of moving. We have all of the, the um, capacity there within us, but we have to find it. And so that makes us, it's that that separates us from other mammals. It's the, that that makes us human. And it's our differences because no two human beings are going to to learn to do things, the very ba basic things, the basic elements of life, the, the, the eating, the moving, the breathing, the walking. We're, we're not going to do that in the same way. So however similar we may appear, it is our differences that make us human. So throughout the course of a lesson, we, find, we each find our own way to interpret the directions of the, t the teacher gives us and to move in a way that makes sense for us. Now, the wonderful thing for me now as a student teacher is, is I have the privilege of teaching lessons and I'm teaching given the same directions and I look out in a class and I see that, that people are doing the, the same thing in their own unique way and it is so different from individual to individual. And this, this difference is, is what makes us human. And in a Feldenkrais lesson, this is this these differences are encouraged, they're accepted, that we're encouraged to take our time to, to not get it right, to, to take your time to explore different ways of, of finding that movement, that way of moving. Through that, we're engaging our curiosity, we are open to discovering something new about ourselves, which can ultimately assist in making our lives easier or richer in some way. In a lesson, no one has a perfect or superior way of doing the movement or a sequence of movements. So a Feldenkrais lesson has within it the means by which we can have a lived, tangible experience of equality. So how can this learning extend into our everyday lives? Again, Rachel, in her article in this newsletter, poses a similar question. An awareness through movement lesson or an individual function in, in functional integration lesson can be something that you do to alleviate pain or discomfort 
or it's something that you do to make life easier in some way, which was the case for me. It really oh, significantly enhanced the quality of, of my life and a time that I really needed that. And it still does, even though that need is, is those circumstances have changed, it, it still significantly enhances the quality of my life. Well, you know, and this is significant, you know, to, to, to not be in pain or to have greater flexibility and ease of movement or to, to be able to quiet a very busy mind or busy or loud nervous system is, is a huge deal. And that's, and that's no small thing. So that's one level that, that lessons are of real value. There are also other levels, and we can use the lessons to enable us to have acceptance. You know, like what I was saying about that frustration. I've learned over time to, to, to be with those frustrations of not being able to, to find a movement. Or actually to just notice it. Sometimes to, to not be frustrated, to allow myself not to get it and to discover something new in that process. So that's part of Feldenkrais. It's, we can develop this acceptance for ourselves over time through doing these lessons and coming up against new things time and time again. Things for us to discover that we don't have a template for. And we can discover an openness and knowing that we can learn to do things differently and go beyond perceived limits. This is something that we do time and time again in, in a Feldenkrais lesson. You know, very rarely is any lesson, even lessons that, that appear similar, the they have very different elements to them. So we're constantly doing things different, differently. And we're, you know, we're going beyond limitations. You know, I, I, there's so many times in, in lessons where I would literally laugh out loud. Um, the teacher would say, no, just put your head through your, you know, your underneath your knee, something like that. And I would just think... You're really having a laugh, aren't you? How is that possible? And then, you know, do a few more sequences, steps of the lesson, and, and there we are. I've managed to do it or come close to it. And it's like, wow, I didn't think that was possible. So, I, you know, we're constantly enabled through the, the, the very small, slow, incremental way that the lessons unfold to find a way to do things that at the beginning or even the middle of the lessons seemed impossible. And so we can integrate that into our way of being, a way of knowing that we have the ability to, to find a way of doing something even when we don't feel that it's possible or can't see that way. We can expand our capacity to embrace change as we integrate 
a sense of knowing that we have it within ourselves to figure out a way of navigating a new landscape. So we're in a new place. We're coming out of lockdown to a fundamentally different world. For many, basic needs are now at the forefront of, the, of their minds as jobs are vulnerable or lost, hours reduced or increased. People are embarking on radically new ways of working. So all this alongside huge uncertainties about the future. So six weeks on from George Floyd's murder, I pose the question of how can we sustain the commitment to ending systemic racism that makes such occurrences commonplace in the US and in other countries? How is it possible when it may seem like there are more pressing issues at hand? You know, and and it's, it's a huge deal. People are thinking about, you know, how do I sustain my business? How how can I, you know, is you know, is my job going to be there next week, next month? And these are real, really pressing issues, which you can understand if people think, well, how can I f focus on anything else? I'm posing the question: Is there a way of us attending to our own individual needs? whilst also maintaining a commitment to equality, human rights and dignity. I believe this is both necessary and possible. I didn't arrive at the place of being more like myself overnight. It involved many years of commitment to get to this once very elusive place. And for a long time, it seemed completely out of reach. And I also know that I have much to learn and unlearn to continue to inhabit a space where this is who I am. As a black woman, systemic racism alongside other challenges has impacted my life. Mahatma Gandhi's Be the Change You Want to See in the World has been a lifelong motivation for me to keep finding a way of making a difference. And, you know, like many people, there are times where, I, you know, that's the last thing I want to do. I've got so much going on for me personally that... <sighs> Where do I find the energy, the effort, you know, the inclination to, to, to do that? And I think that's okay for us to look after ourselves. It's important that we do that. But it's also important that I recognise that being the change that I want to see in the world means taking that rest and then getting back up and saying, well, even if I can't do it in the way that I did it yesterday, how can I do it today with, with where I am and with my life as it is? And if, I'm, if I really do believe in equality, which I do, then 
that's what I keep making that commitment to doing. And I believe lasting change comes about in these slow, incremental, consistent work, as well as through protest that can have the more immediate infrastructure change, which is also necessary. And the quiet commitment of noticing, how do I feel when issues of racism come up? Noticing thoughts, noticing your feelings, maybe of outrage, of despair, of helplessness, or of the inclination or action of minimising the issue of racism. You know, do you want to look away? Do you turn the news off? Do you change the subject? Or of noticing guilt or shame or embarrassment or whatever other thoughts or feelings arise. In choosing to notice our thoughts and feelings, we can interrupt habits and provide space for a new way of responding. Nobody's saying that you need, you don't need to share this with another soul. This is your, this is you, for you to make that commitment to yourself and to noticing. And in time, you may feel ready. You may feel I can risk sharing where I am with other people. Because that may be a way of you being the change you want to see in the world. It's taking that risk to not, to risk getting things wrong, to risk maybe not saying things in the right way. But to do your best in just extending yourself. That may be it. But maybe for now, all you want to do is just say, I'm choosing to notice. I'm choosing to notice, to give myself the opportunity to, to just notice my habits here. Notice, notice my patterns, because that in itself is, is being a change, is allowing for something else to, to space, to, 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 to develop, you know? We just do the habitual thing, then, then we're not even going to realise that we're in a habit or a compulsive way of doing things. Just notice and interrupt that pattern. You can also put attention on how, when you hear about issues of racism, how it feels in your, what sensations you have around this, whether your jaw tightens, does your heart race, does your breathing change, for example, or is there something else that you notice goes on for you? And this is another way of interrupting habits and allowing that space for something else to come in, for something else to change, and maybe a sense of, oh, okay, I notice I do that. Maybe what would happen if I breathe here? Or, 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 what if, or what if I just hold my breath? What happens then to how I experience what I'm hearing or seeing? That in itself can give you information and just give you space to, to notice yourself. 
And then there is a choice that can arise as to what you can do. So is it possible to exercise this level of curiosity towards yourself around the issues of systemic racism without judgment? Intending to do this is useful, I've found, as guilt, shame or embarrassment around past behaviours or a feeling of current ineptitude can easily come up around these issues. In my experience, guilt, shame, embarrassment and helplessness can be mobilising. Can you notice if this is the case for you? If this is so, can you intend to find a way out of this place? To know that you have the resources within you to move beyond this current inaction or fear of saying or doing the wrong thing or feeling like it's too much to deal with, to find your voice, your action, your way of being the change you want to see in the world. It is a rel relatively recent discovery for me that in doing what I can, even when I feel I don't have enough fuel in the tank, can actually be nourishing or rejuvenating for me. However, there are also times where I may feel I really do just need to refuel in order to be effective. A Feldenkrais lesson can be the refueling and a way of building robustness. Consider doing the lesson with the intention of integrating your learning to assist you in making your contribution to lasting change of asking, how can this lesson assist me in making my contribution to equality? Thank you for listening and enjoy that lesson. I would like to say a special thanks to Ed Bartram, who was the editor of the Feldenkrais Guild UK magazine, the public-facing magazine called Move With Ease. Now, Ed was the person who put the idea in my mind of creating a podcast piece for the newsletter, and I'm very grateful to him for making that suggestion. So many thanks to Ed and for all of his support in getting the newsletter and all of the other newsletters out there. It's a huge task and very, very supportive to people contributing. Thank you, Ed. Lastly, we'd like to thank Danny Paul Grody for allowing us to weave his beautiful music into our episodes. To learn more about the Feldenkrais Method and to join in on Naruma's monthly Be the Change sessions as part of Movement and Creativity Library, visit movementandcreativity.com.